0: My chat last week with Bobby Brooks Wilcox went off in unexpected directions, so I decided to save some of it for another episode, and here it is. Welcome to Season 4 of the Essential Stepmom Podcast, your source of unconventional advice and inspiration for the womanly art of raising someone else's kids. I'm Tracy. And this season, we're going to be busting some blended family myths. But don't worry, I won't leave you standing in the shards of any broken dreams. We'll be putting together something of real value to replace those myths. And I hope to leave you feeling better about your family and your role in it by the end of every episode. You can visit EssentialStepmom.com for my blog and other info. And you're always welcome to join our Facebook group, The Spectacular Stepmom. Bobby's story starts with a divorce and ends, well, it doesn't end, it's still flourishing, but it ends up, including making peace with her ex-husband. It also includes another important reconciliation, and I won't spoil it, but I think it's a masterpiece of courage and love. Her journey also included some time living common law with her new husband, her new partner, before getting married. She and her new husband did lots of things right, but that didn't keep the walls from crashing down anyway. The focus of her work now is helping couples who are just at that point of deciding to make it official and become a blended family, to help them avoid the kind of pitfalls that are so common and that she knows about so well. You'll hear her describe how hard it was for her to discipline her kids when they were teenagers and especially because they were just visitors at her house. Does that sound familiar? This is an episode you might just want to play for your partner at some point. I think it's oddly reassuring to hear that it's not just dads who have this kind of problem. Here's Bobby again. Hey. Bobby, thanks for being here. I'm I'm talking to Bobby Brooks Wilcox. Um she's the author of a very cool book called Reconciled, which we'll talk about later, but um tell us a little bit about who you are and the, the work that you do
1: so I used to work with uh, divorce care ministry um back I don't know about six years ago and it just kind of a fluke thing you know was invited to talk about they needed someone to do that which actually led me to the path where I am at today Um, helping people to recover and heal from divorce. And so I I went down that path and was, you know, doing coaching with people after divorce and so forth. And your your
0: background, sorry to interrupt you, your background is in spiritual psychology.
1: Spiritual psychology. Um, I'm a registered psychotherapist in the state of Colorado. And I also do step family coaching. Cool. And I teach classes online, uh, preparing couples, uh, for step family life well, and that's that's what we're talking about today, so both yes, you and right. i
0: both you and I lived with our now husbands yes uh, for a period of time before getting married. so we're talking today to those listeners who are living together and not yet married. and I think you have some kind of special advice for because it's a little bit different, it is a little bit different vibe before you get married and after, and we both have kind of funny now, now they're funny stories about (laughs) when we got married that we're going to share, but um, tell me a little bit about what what you're thinking about this, about the, the period of time when you're living together in a blended family situation, but before you get married.
1: So my situation is a little different, Tracy, because Um, I moved to Colorado from Las Vegas where my kids were and all my family were to uh, start a, a business adventure with a business partner and so I moved out of state away from my kids and that was another whole situation so this is also for other parents out there who maybe have I live in a different state than their Mm. uh, kids do and they have to go back and forth. So we did that. We went, they went back and forth. I went to Vegas to see them. They came out to, to Colorado to visit me. And so, and that's actually where I met my, my husband uh, was in Colorado. And so um, my kids didn't actually live with me. They lived with their dad in Las Vegas and Mm. visited me in Colorado. So, The you know, he, my husband didn't have to raise our kids, my kids as the stepdad, they, they came to visit, but he still built a relationship with them. And, you know, uh, the other thing that we talked about earlier is, um, so we, when I got married, I didn't know what I know now about the step kids, right. About a step family and the do's and don'ts and and so on and so forth but somehow my husband and I figured it out and he always said those your they're your kids I'm not going to try to raise them I'm not their dad you know they already have a dad and they love him and they have a relationship with him he said I'm just here to love them and support them and um you know, everything is between you and them. And so he never tried to step in to try to, you know, be the boss or be a dad or whatever, whatever issues that my kids and I had together, he let us work it out. And he said, I'm always here for you. So I go and cry on his shoulder, or I vent on him, but he never stepped in between the kids or I, or took sides. So, and that's one bonus thing that as step parents is very important. Um, so, so yeah, that would be one thing to suggest or tip is, you know, to allow the, um, the biological parent to parent their own kids and not try to step in and, and. Do you think
0: it's harder for women because of being sort of naturally maternal? You're nodding. I can see you because yes. you're on a Zoom call.
1: <laughs> yes. Well, you know when I turned into when I became a single mom after the my divorce, and you know the kids would come back and forth between their dads and my house uh they' would go back and forth between homes it It was challenging because my husband was the the one that was mainly the disciplinary um and when they came to me you know to to stay with me it, I wasn't so much you know disciplining them as much. So, yeah, and that was hard and that was challenging. So, however, looking at it from a personal growth perspective, you know, those were my, that was my part of my growing process was learning how to be a mom and, and, Uh, you know, when to correct them, how to, and so forth, and sticking to your guns. (laughs) That's (laughs) really interesting. And I wasn't expecting to have this part of the
0: conversation. But I know a lot of the women who are listening, experience this problem, you know, in reverse, let's say, to the sense that they notice that their husband has this same hard time disciplining their kids as what you just described, and probably a similar vibe like that, the kids are just visiting; they're not there all the time, and potentially also that that the the kids' bio mom might have been the the one who was just more comfortable doing the discipline. You know, in in any family, it sort of often falls more to one partner or another to kind of yeah. be the bad cop or the good cop or whatever. You know, it's just a role that their personality is suited for, and their style of parenting or whatever. And it could be that this dad or, or, or the mom, where you have two moms in the same household, that this parent was not the one who did the heavy lifting and the discipline yeah. part. And it's a, it's a point of personal growth to, to it step is. into that. It doesn't, it doesn't happen quick. And you have to uh, know that you're going to make a lot of mistakes and it would be not so nice to have somebody breathing down your neck while you're getting it wrong and screwing up and trying again.
1: Well, here's the other piece too that we uh, to being a blended family and and two families and uh, biological parents is also you have the parent that that left or divorced. The you have the guilt. You yeah. know, I felt guilty. You know, for not being there for you know because i'm the one who decided to leave and so i had a lot of guilt around that and so i you know i wanted my kids to like me i didn't want them to be mad at me you know you have yeah, that whole course. scenario as of well course. you know
0: we and we talk about guilty parent syndrome as mm-hmm. if it were like a bad thing it's a reality it it is it's a reality you feel guilty and in fact yep it on some level it's true like you you did what you needed to do but it caused pain to your kids yep. and yep. it's important to sort of look at it in the eye yeah and say you know okay i i take responsibility for this yep uh, for this pain
1: and that's and the hardest part how do i move
0: right there that's it and how do i move forward now and yeah. what's you know what is now in the best interest of my kids? Like, is it, does it really serve them that they only like me forever and I never do anything that makes them angry? Cause that's probably not in their best interest. It's hard. It's a hard step to, to, you know, get your leg over.
1: And here's another piece too. There's always consequences to those choices and sometimes those consequences come 10 years later, Yeah, 15 years later. And there's sometimes still guilt comes up even then. Example, my daughter is now 29 and a single mom and hasn't had, you know, a healthy relationship and now a single mom. And so, you know, there's guilt that comes up with that, too, because we know statistics show divorce, what the divorce does for children or yeah. children of divorce and how it affects them. So yeah and seeing that played out and like oh this really does happen you know and here's the other thing tracy is is looking at it is if we look at it from a different perspective of our growth so we go through all of us go through certain things in life where we're learning and to grow from it not yeah. to make us stuck and feel bad and guilty and be in that place, but all right. Yep. These are the choices I made and how can I move on? You know, do I need to ask for forgiveness? I went back to my kids after they were already in college. My son already graduated and my daughter in college and asked for their forgiveness. Wow. And we had a whole family, just my two oldest and I said, I can't go back and change things but I can ask for your forgiveness and to go from this point forward. Exactly. And, and I, and I confessed to them. I did walk out. I did abandon you because I know that they felt that they had shared that with me. And I said, and, and I, I apologized and I cried. and I go, will you please forgive me? And I said, I know maybe you, maybe you can't find in your heart to forgive me now, but maybe one day you will. And they immediately, mom, we love you. We forgive you. And ever since that day, I kept my word and we kept in touch every day and we built our relationship and we grew it and deepened it. And I've always been there for them from that point forward. Wow. That's very cool.
0: <laughs>
1: so I'm, I'm learning things that I didn't know. That's great.
0: Bobby, so, you- Changed you a have, lot. You <laughs> had some, some points that you were going to mention about living together, like living together versus getting married or getting ready to become a, a real step family.
1: Yes. Yeah, so, um, some of the things that one of them is, you know, um, is to wait, uh, like we had talked about two or three years after a divorce before seriously dating or getting serious about, you know, some, um, another relationship. Um, and then when, if you've made that decision to get married for the, uh, to be step parent, to date the children, Ron deal talks about that in his work about so that he can, the, um, this, the potential step, parent can get to really know the kids and, and um, learn about them and build that relationship with them. Like they have their own relationship with the soon to be step parent. Um, And also, you know, I've seen in all the work that I've done, Tracy, people jumping in thinking that things are going to be the same before they get married is it's going to be the same after they get married. And there is a difference there. And the difference is, is that after the marriage, it, it reality sinks in to yeah. the, for the kids that, oh my gosh, I have a step parent now. And it's not just mom or dad's boyfriend or girlfriend. It's, it's actually, they're actually my step parent. And, and then there's, it's like, it like reverses everything all over again, you know, trying to, There's that anger. There's the guilt for the kids, and back and forth, and all of that. So I think a lot of people aren't ready for that to happen. And you know, the wedding is such
0: a happy thing for the people who are getting married. And very often, uh, you okay in my in my audience, it's very often a first wedding for the woman who's now the stepmom. And it's such an important moment of your life, and it's such a happy occasion. And they just don't see it coming, what, how things could change and, and for seemingly no reason.
1: Yeah. So that's why it's important to, to remember to not expect everything just to be happy and blended. It takes a long time uh, to blend a family, to, to um, build those relationships, to build that, trust to, yeah. And just for them to, to form your, your own dynamics and relationships and family things. So just to be patient one step at a time, not have high expectations that it's got to blend quickly. That would be another piece.
0: I think there's a lot of reconciling that needs to happen between our bio-parents and their kids, and not only if they moved out of state and left the kids behind. I think a lot of kids feel angry at both parents for creating this situation they find themselves in. You know, the parents get to move on and build a new life, often with a new partner. The kids are stuck in a kind of bardo, an in-between world, where they don't have any place to feel whole. They're stuck being the owners of mom's eyes and her laugh when they're with dad. And they're a constant reminder to mom of the man she's not with anymore. It doesn't matter why it happened to them. They feel betrayed. Even if both biological parents are making a supreme effort to cooperate and peacefully co-parent, the kids are still constantly having to interrupt their lives to change homes all the time. The parents don't have to change places. I just love how Bobby lightened her heart by asking for forgiveness and how that totally changed the dynamic in her family. I hope her story might inspire and encourage you or someone you know to do the same. It only takes one person to change in order to transform everyone around them. You know, I get an email after almost every episode saying, that was exactly what I needed to hear today. And if you want to feel that way too, let me know where you're stuck or what you'd like to be able to do differently. You can reach me at info at essentialstepmom.com. Here's my final bit of advice for the day. Don't settle for the way things are. You deserve to get everything you really need from your stepfamily life security, belonging, respect and even self-actualization. You can grab some free resources and learn more about personal or couples coaching at essentialstepmom.com and you'll find me hanging out most days in my Facebook community The Spectacular Stepmom. Send us a join request. We'd be glad to see you there and don't forget to hit the subscribe button to get every episode the minute this podcast drops. And if you're getting anything out of this at all, pay it forward by leaving a rating or a review. You'll be helping other stepmoms like yourself to find this place and hear what they need to hear today. That's all for this episode. I'm looking forward to speaking with some amazing guests in the coming weeks, and I can't wait to introduce you to them. Meanwhile, do yourself a favor and check out the Nacho Kids Academy. If the nacho method is something totally new to you, don't be the only stepmom on the block who doesn't know that it's a code word for, I may love these kids, but I am not responsible for how they turn out because they have two parents already and I can leave this or that for their dad or their mom to take care of without being a bad person. In the Nacho Kids Academy, you'll learn exactly how to apply this principle in your family. And that's important because you're not a bad person. You're a good person trying to keep your special family together against all odds. And Lori and David Sims can help you do just that. Take the first exit off the Stepmom Burnout Expressway and visit nachokidsacademy.com slash theessentialstepmom. If you sign up with this link, part of your membership fee will come right back to support this podcast. And if it's not your cup of tea, you'll get a full refund. No brainer. Go to nachokidsacademy.com slash theessentialstepmom. Thanks for listening. Don't forget to leave a rating or review on iTunes. It helps a lot to make this podcast show up for the new stepmoms searching in the 54 countries they're listening in.